All right, welcome everybody to Heroes, Villains, and Rock and Roll. Um, we're flying three again this evening. Uh, Foreman is not with us, and I think it's time we come clean. I think it's time we come clean. He hasn't been here for, I think we're going on four weeks now. Um, Foreman is involved in the first annual Hunger Games. Um, he's out in the woods right now with a bow and arrow, um, calling a mockingbird thing, making a sound. So we uh, we haven't had much contact with him. Obviously, what? there's not a not a whole lot we can. You know, he's out there. He's representing representing the district, and uh, we wish him the best. We hope that he doesn't get murdered by someone who manages to find a gun or something. But uh, I have I have the utmost confidence he's going to come come home victorious. So, what does that mean again? You get food. Uh, what? I don't rem- I don't know. I don't remember. Listen, I don't Here's the thing. I was a I was a I was on board with all of that stuff. I thought the books were pretty well written. I thought the movies were fairly good. I liked decent. the first two especially. I I liked I liked the movies just fine. I can I have no idea what happened. Like I know that there's a point where <clears throat> the point that I thought it was really cool was what it became like like this like revolutionary fucking like we're gonna like start a war and fucking topple the government and shit. I was like, hell yeah. More kids need to be reading that. I can get behind stuff. this. But 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 I don't remember a lot about why the president was doing what he was doing and how it happened. I'm sure there's gonna be like an HBO plus prequel show or some fucking shit. Soon. Yeah. Right. Okay, well two things on that. One, it is basically just repackaged Star Wars, but it is also very well done, and it doesn't matter because it's. I I also enjoy those movies. Yeah, um, I, I haven't I, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen past Catching Fire. It's worth it. It's worth it to finish. Yeah. Um, it's interesting where it goes. I did like yeah. them. I liked. I I had no problem with the movies. I just I lost interest in it. I think it's just so crazy how it was such a huge phenomenon, and now it's just kind of like gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, but that's I think... why Foreman's bringing it back. Yeah. Well, this right. is this is the real thing now. They they decided they're actually going to do that. They're going to so, do yeah. Yeah, they're going to I remember do the reading that on Hoppo. So, yeah. So It's uh well, it's a, when did the first one come out? I think it's been 10 years, right? I don't know. Shut, shut up. Don't talk about don't talk about how long something Yeah, 10 up, years. First don't one was 10 stop, years ago. Stop it. It's a good time. <laughs> stop it. I'm elderly now. <laughs> so, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Listen, I'm glad you brought that up. So, I do there's some things that I know that we we're going to want to talk about that are entertainment related in the vein of the podcast, but there's some things that I want to rant a little bit about because I've been noticing okay, some stuff. It. I've been noticing okay. some stuff about myself. Okay. Now, I'm going to come clean. All right. So, I walk in the door today. Um, I had a I had a meeting uh, after work, and I was at uh, at work until about seven o'clock. So I get home. It takes me about fifteen minutes to get home. I walk in at seven fifteen. My family has been home for several hours at this point. I walk in the door, and I am immediately frustrated. Immediately, like it it was. I don't even think I actually had the door open. And my frustration level had gone up because I start to notice and have now noticed that there is one light in particular in my direct line of sight whenever I walk in my door that is always on. And it's a bathroom light. 
And I feel like that is one of those catalysts that happens when you get older. Oh, no. And I don't know. And my question is, because neither of you guys have kids, is it just a father thing? Or does it also bother you when your partners leave lights on around the house? Because I will say this. I don't believe that this was Liz that left the light on. I think it was my son. I think it was my son. Because he's the only other person that uses this particular bathroom. It's like, I came in my basement door, so it's, it's the bathroom that I use more often than not. And Jackson uses it too. So I think Jackson was watching his iPad and taking a shit and didn't turn the light off. But it happens every time. Every time I walk in that door and their home, that goddamn light is on. Just fucking burning the electricity bill. You might as well just set money on fire. I'm I'm the one that leaves the lights on. I can't. I don't have any. Okay, so so it is just okay. So it's so it's literally a father. I at this point. I I will. I don't get upset. I don't get upset if a light is left on, but I do. I am like, oh, there's electricity burning. But my partner is more vocal about the fact that I leave lights on. If she leaves lights on, I just kind of walk over and turn them off. But but if I do, that's when it's just kind of like, hey, dickhead, turn off these <laughs> lights. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So in that same vein, then, do you get upset or aggravated at the thermostat changing? Because that is, again... And it's I, I'm I'm concerned that this is something that happened to me when I had kids. I get irrationally angry when the thermostat is fucked with by anyone but me. And the only the, the, I don't need I, there is no excuse. I don't have a good excuse for it. But like we were talking about it right before we started recording, like there was a point last week where I almost uncovered my air conditioner. I've had it covered since mid October. It's been nice in you. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Couple stuffy days, but there last week there we were at 85 degrees two days in a row and my house was hot. And like I looked at Liz at one point, I'm like, I think I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go uncover the air conditioner. We but I held strong. I didn't. Uh we opened windows and we fucking dealt with it, and that was it. I I will go incredibly long into the summertime without turning my air conditioner on. Oh man. And we'll go probably far too long into the winter without turning my heat on. And that is only because I want to save on electricity and or natural gas bill. There is yeah. no other reason. And that is pennies that I'm probably saving. Well, since we're, we're locking Mr. Los Angeles out of this conversation because you don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, I mean, uh, not necessarily. That's what spawned this conversation was the true. fact that it's cold out in L.A. right now. Um, I we kind of let the animals determine it in our house. Like if it's so cold that the animals are like covering their noses, then we know that we should probably turn the heat up a little bit. But but yeah. other than that, my wife and I will grab a blanket and just yeah. let it be cold. Like now summertime is the opposite. Like we crank every I have five wind air you know, five window units, they're all cranked full blast. I don't care. I will pay the yeah. extra money for electricity. I'm not dealing with just I'm being the, miserable. I have the same way. I have such low tolerance for heat. <laughs> like, that I'm just like, 
crank everything. See, and I'm, then I'm, I'm not like the same. It needs to be an air conditioner. Thank you very much. Like no, I'm not like that. Like I have central air, and that the the air conditioner gets turned on when you start sweating just sitting. That's that's when it's time to turn the air conditioner on. And that is, I mean, typically in 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 terms of a Pittsburgh summer, like we're talking about when when we start getting into the 80, 80 degree days on a, on a regular basis, two maybe three or more a week. That's my transition point. Okay, it's starting to get warm out. I'll go uncover the air conditioner. Stop your bitching. But up until that point, like if it's stuffy in the house, open a fucking window. We have fans. Turn a fan on. I mean, it's got to be, like, I can deal with heat. I don't mean to sound like an old man, but I can deal with heat. But once the humidity starts kicking in, hell no, fuck that. I'm not I'm not dealing with it. I will gladly throw my back out putting my giant air conditioners in the windows. Um, but hey, on an unrelated note, a, a random Russian missile just landed in Poland. And, uh, you know, so that's uh, that's great. That's just fucking awesome. They're having emergency meetings with NATO right now. Um, <laughs> what are the chances now from what I understand and Jeff feel free to correct me but from what I understand it's just it was just like one missile that impacted in Poland yeah like what are the chances it was just some drunk Russian missile operator that was just fed up and wasn't paying attention well they've like, they've released some they've for- released some some pictures of it too and I, let me say this I, I am by far um, I, I'm not a military expert in this in this particular regard but the things that I have been reading about this particular missile is that it looks like it's an air defense missile, which means it could be one of two things. Um, and this is why I don't think it's anything really to worry about at this point. Even though they are going to have emergency meetings, there's probably going to be some sort of sanction put on. Um, it means one of two things. A, the Russians were on target and a Ukrainian missile went awry and landed in Poland because it was an air defense missile, so it was something that was stopping incoming ballistic missiles. Or, uh, it th- there is intelligence out there that would lead us to believe that the Russians have run out of precision missiles and have and now started the converting the air defense missiles yes. as unguided missiles, in which case it would be an accident. Um, however, everything I've read so far leads me to believe that regardless of which one is actually true, Russia is going to make it seem like the first is true through propaganda. So um, I would imagine nothing's going to come of it. They can have all the meetings they want. Let's be very clear. Like, no, I don't think so either. Article five is going to stay in the box for now. Yeah. Um, But I mean, it's, it's, it's a good reminder of how, how close we actually are to things really getting fucked up and the scary thing is you have a lot of people and we, we can talk about twitter a little bit if we want to but you have a lot of people on twitter right now that are kind of like i'll oh, fuck russia they're weak do it now Let, let's go let's just let's just handle business <laughs> you do not have to be afraid of russia we will probably take russia we're a better trained better organized and better equipped army um than russia what you have to worry about is the billion-man army that China will throw at you. Right. Um, and that's where the problem becomes apparent, because Russia isn't going to not get help. They're, they're going to get help from um, countries that we can't afford to be in a war with. So 
Uh, even if there were a situation where it was Russia and it was a deliberate attack on Poland and Article 5 would be initiated, bet your ass they're going to find a way out of it because we don't want to be involved in a world war with China because we're going to lose big. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. So, last, last quick question I have for you guys on the topic of, of just being a, a person in general, because I know that the three of us here, and, and Foreman isn't here, but he would also be able to get an opinion on this. We are all Taco Bell fans, probably more than we should be. And this is another thing I noticed about myself. This was last evening. I got Taco mm -hmm. Bell for dinner. Are you, what, what level of sauce guy are you? Like when they say what do you well, eat sauces? What are you telling yeah. them to put in the bag? Well, I'll tell you what. I used to be a salsa verde boy. But Me then they fucking stopped, too, dude. They Preach. Stopped making it. They stopped making it, and I was devastated. Yeah. So I usually do. I don't do the Diablo. I usually stick with like a more mild one, but then at the same time, it just sort of tastes like sugary sauce. So then I just don't get sauce anymore. Okay. Johnny, do you have a preference on your on your heat level? I'm not a saucy boy with Taco Bell. I don't really? do anything. No. Wow, okay. No, I, I just eat the food as is because I hate myself that much already. I mean, I might as well. I don't hate myself. Taco Bell's good. So <laughs> here's what I've learned about myself. I was also a salsa, ver salsa verde guy, and I think we sh this should be the official beginning of the campaign uh, for Taco Bell to bring back uh, salsa verde. Um, because it fucking murdered. It was their best sauce. It was so good. So good. It was their best salsa. So fucking good. Um, when they got rid of it, I started using mild sauce. And I'm, I, am a, I am a loose hot sauce guy. I'm not a, like, I need this on my eggs. I need this on my steak. I need this on salad. Like, I'm not that guy. I don't need, I don't need every meal I eat to be spicy. But, like, specifically right. when I'm talking, like, Central American food, like I wanted to have a little bit of a kick. So, um, I have found that mild sauce no longer does it for me, and I have now increased my heat tolerance to the hot or fire sauce, depending on okay. what I'm hitting. And uh, I'm just curious if if that's something that comes with comes with age, or if it's just I'm I'm actually eating too much Taco Bell. <laughs> No, I don't think so. It's hard for me, though, because I was never really, like, <clears throat> excuse me, I was never really, like, a big, like, hot sauce person in general. And then moving out to the West Coast, it's like, Tapatio goes on everything now, either that or Cholula. See, Tapatio's like, my like, shit. Tapatio's great. That's my, my, my shit. My partner cannot kind of, eat eggs with, without it. It was kind of a trendy, uh, trendy uh, thing, right? Yeah, tapatio. it became a thing for a while. It became like the new sriracha, oh. where it's like, here's my tapatio pajamas and stuff like that. But like, that's probably my favorite one. But I probably use it less than Asher does. Asher usually puts it on like Asher will even put it on like, um, like if we get like Asian food sometimes, or if I make like Asian mm. food or like a curry or like a like a stir fry. Sometimes she'll even put it on that. Like, yeah, she 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 uses a hot sauce tapatio specifically more to the point where and, and she is like a tapatio like evangelical. Like sometimes I'll bring home Cholula and it'll just kind of sit there 
and that's like that's like in the reserves. That's like second line hot sauce. So we use we use chula a lot in the cafe, um, mainly because the previous owner bought a case of it, and now we're trying to use through uh, <laughs> what he bought. So that's kind of like we we but we also have like a hot sauce like caddy. Like there's I think there's fifteen or sixteen different hot sauces we have in the cafe right now. Um, but tapatio is by far my by far my favorite, and has been well before even the sriracha phase was going. Yeah. Um, but like that's what I've I've come to notice now. Like, so typically whenever I would make tacos at home, I would do like three, four dots, just enough to get a little heat on the tongue. Mm-hmm. I need more now. I I want like that that little bit of heat isn't enough heat now. I want a little more than that. And that's I've I've found that it's the same with Taco Bell. I want tapatio level heat, and you know basically the mild doesn't do it for me. I've I've found myself adding more hot sauces, uh, like like in terms of like quantity. I haven't changed like what I put it on, but I have definitely noticed. Yeah, like, uh, like I'll put more tapatio on something. I'll put more cholula on something. I'll definitely put more sriracha on something. But so I think that's true. I mean, people's palates change as they age. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, growing up, it was like my parents were like Coke people, Coke people, Pepsi, no, blah blah blah. Yeah. I was like a Pepsi person for a long time, and now I'm like a Diet Coke person. And whenever I even get a Diet Pepsi, I'm like, I don't like that. Like, so yeah, I think it's pretty natural for your taste buds to kind of shift depending on what it is. I feel, I feel the diet, the Diet Pepsi. I cannot drink Diet Pepsi. I will drink an entire case of Diet Mountain Dew. I have absolutely no problem with it. Enjoy Diet Mountain Dew. I can't do Diet Pepsi. Can't do Pepsi Zero Sugar either. It's like the real thing or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. I was just I, I was delaying. I don't want to talk about this next piece because I know it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for all of us. But um, so the the Batman, uh, the 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 man who represents Batman at least in in my book, um. Aside from maybe Michael Keaton uh, passed away this this week, uh, you know Kevin Conroy sounds like he had cancer is is what I think I heard. Yeah, that's that's the only kind of information that's come out thus far, I believe. So, uh, sixty six years old. Um, you know, when you when you're looking past the live action films, um, really, no one has made a bigger impact into the mythos of Batman than uh than what Batman the animated series did at least in my yeah. opinion and I think we've talked about it at at, at nauseum in you know it, it, with the podcast and how how much res- respect we have for that show and um you know for for several of us I believe it's a, it's the favorite cartoon show from the you know the mid 90s so um Really, really oh, yeah. big loss. Sucks. Just it, fucking it sucks, man. It's it it hit pretty hard. Um, and you know, I I think it's a. I mean, it's it's definitely tied to like a generational thing where if you were born, I would say not even in the '60s, right? Because there's a good chance that like you were watching Adam West Batman as a little kid, but like 
70s onward, like 1970 onward, like Kevin Smith age, ha ha ha, uh, onward. <laughs> if you if you were were like a fan of good comic book storytelling, and you were constantly searching for like quality content to watch, movies, you know, cartoons, what what have you, TV shows. I think that you know that he's the definitive Batman in my book. He's the best Batman over any of the live action guys. Sorry, but that's just me. Um, because the, while a lot of the live action guys have their strong suits, he had no, no, uh, flaws in my book other than the fact that he wasn't like physically present for the part. Cause it was a cartoon. Um, but uh, just everything, just, just everything that man did. And the fact that, you know, we were lucky enough to meet him back in 2014 in Chicago, Super nice guy, and I got a little, I got a little choked up looking at my my autograph because I didn't realize that he actually personalized it for me, and I was like, oh my god, like, like it's like, t- like if five year old me knew that we were gonna meet the guy that did our Batman when we were kids, as an adult, I th- I think he would have been doing backflips, but like, um, it's just one of those things, like, you know, not for nothing you know, too, he's, he's the longest tenured Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. And right know, spanning so. from uh, when did when did it come out? Ninety two. Ninety two. This year was the thirtieth anniversary. So yeah. so yeah. ninety ninety two up into twenty seventeen. I think would have been his last. Think so. Foray because that would have been Arkham City, I believe. Well, Arkham Knight was twenty fifteen. But or Arkham Knight. I, I meant Arkham Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there may have been something. Well, then maybe. After that. Um, I don't know. Did uh, the Killing Joke come out after that? Then, I think so. Yeah. So the Killing Joke would have been the last one. Um, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. I don't know. It's 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 very tough um, to put into words. You know, I again, it, it's it's easy for us to to look past what could have been potential flaws, um, simply because of the fact that his voice was so good the voice acting was so good that the there, there and there weren't very many flaws in the animation but if there were it's it's easy enough to look past those issues because of the performance and the voice acting that was there i mean and not for nothing it, 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 at least in my opinion in terms of of animation i don't know that there is a better voice cast in any animated show ever um no. i mean this is it's one of one of the best, if not the best, voice casts ever put together. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, you know, just to name a few, I know offhand: Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, uh, R- Richard Mole. <laughs> um, uh, uh, um, oh God damn it! What is? Um... Robert Costanza was in it. He was Bullock. Robert Costanza. What was what was Adrian Barbeau? Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, that was the one I yeah. couldn't think of. Yeah, the cat. She played Catwoman. Who else? There was another actor that I was thinking of the other day. So when many people, people were just in that him. show. Like from John like, Glover, Adam. Yo, West John Obvious. Glover. Yeah, <laughs> Matt oh, Frewer, Roddy McDowell, Malcolm McDowell. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, Ron Perlman. Yeah, and like just Ed Asner had a role in it. That's right. That 
so that show got made because of the success of the Keaton movies, right? The 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 Batman success in the box office, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was still a cartoon that was just on a brand new network that was only you know what I think Fox was maybe six or seven years old at that point. Yeah, and it still was kind of like a you know they were the Simpsons gave them a lot of clout and a lot of you know success, but like it was still not a not a sure thing to attract all these big names to this show, and like that's a testament to how good it was that people were so excited to be involved with it, you know. But um, yeah, it's it, it, you just I mean, again, I'm sitting here looking through the cast and I'm still kind of like, oh, my God, like this is incredible. How yeah. many how many names are familiar? Um, some of them even getting their start, you know, they weren't necessarily names in, until they did this show and then made the transition into live action films. It's just really, really incredible. Um, But yeah, so. Big loss on on that front this week. It's it's really uh, it's been it's been tough. It's not not been easy. Um, fun fact about uh, the animated series, and John, I'm sure you knew this, but I'm going to say it out loud for for maybe the folks at home that are listening. Um, did you know that that uh, Mark Hamill wasn't the original voice for the Joker? Tim mm. Curry was. If I'm it was fucking Tim Curry. Yeah, which would have been equally terrifying. I've heard did some you, of his. his yeah, I was going to. His yeah, his Joker is is pretty pretty bonkers too. Shockingly similar to to Hamill's almost. Yeah, I, I I was surprised. I thought it was gonna be more like when I finally heard that voice acting. I thought it was gonna be a lot more bellicose and stuff, but it's it's not. He still kind of hits like a higher register sometimes, but does do that thing that the animated series does, and I think it's just how also you know how it was written, how it was animated, how it was directed, where that animated series Joker, the way he would go from like that just like high-pitched Joker voice to like that like low gravelly, gravelly gangster, like, like I'm going to kill you voice. I'm, like, I'm going to rip your guts out with my bare hands. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. 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 And, and Curry does that a lot too. So I, I feel like that was like really baked into like what they wanted to do with the character. And I mean, you can tell by the animation and stuff. I mean, I know a lot of it after the fact you, you get literal lip syncing of the animated lips and stuff, but, but just the facial expressions and and things. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. I I wasn't expecting it to be so similar. I mean, I'm not saying it's like one-to-one, but no, I I thought it was going to be a completely different voice. I agree. I agree. And I I wonder if, I wonder who went first. I, I mean, obviously Tim Curry went first, but like, so did they play back Tim Curry for Mark Hamill? Like, because as far yeah, as I know, Mark Hamill just went in cold and kind of did it, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> like, because Tim Curry got sick. I think yeah. he had bronchitis. And, and w, yeah, and WB or or Warner Brothers or Fox or whoever, whatever executive was didn't like Tim Curry or like didn't like Tim Curry's like performance or something or like was it. Tim Curry had a weird schedule or something, and they were like, "Let's pull the trigger now. Now that he's sick, let's fire him and bring him on." <laughs> Which show business, baby? <laughs> Shit happens, but I mean, so real it was quick, the right choice. I love Tim Curry, but sorry. gotta make a gotta make a correction. So he, <laughs> he literally voiced Batman up until 2022. He was in. The, I was just gonna say he was filming shit, or they were doing shit clear up until this. So time. that stuff isn't even out yet. But they he did voices for a game that's free to play called Multiverses, which came out this year. It was released in July. So he he was Batman from ninety two to now for thirty years. Yeah, over three decades. 
over and the, I mean, the rumor is that they were they were working on a new Arkham game. Um, because the last time he was asked about it, it was they were all basically hush hush about it. Yeah, they weren't able to talk about it. And the there's a game coming out in spring of 2023 that's called it's it's a, it's Suicide Squad, um, yeah. called Kill the Justice League, um, and that is in the Arkham series, like it's in that continuity. Okay. So, so I'm so, wondering if this is like the you know the next step so that it shows what happens after he disappears. I, well, yeah, because what is Gotham Knights? That that just came out. That's like kind of yeah. I've heard it's not good. It, it's separate from it, and I, I have also heard it's it's okay. not real good. Yeah, but it, it is separate from the Arkham storyline. Is um, it is it still Rocksteady or who did it? Do you know? I I can find out. I have my Google machine in front of me. Uh, yeah, your Turing machine. So that was developed by WB Montreal. So Rocksteady is doing the Kill the Justice League game. Ah. So it features, let's see, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, and King Shark. I'll always be sad that they never they never followed through, or maybe it was always just a rumor, but the I I, I wanted a Superman game from Rocksteady so badly. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been nice. I mean, the um the Superman uh the Superman Returns game uh one of the I don't know. I I I love that game. One of the most fun games I think I've ever had, I've ever played so you can just fly around as Superman in Metropolis. Yes. <laughs> this is fucking great. underrated. And and just dick shit up. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was fun. Just be Superman. You just get to be Superman. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and and it had like fucking um you know different speed settings for the flight it was awesome um but so that begs the question in my mind like so no one's ever going to replace kevin conroy but they're going to keep making you know warner brothers animation even though it's kind of gone downhill in the last couple of years um made some real clunkers and real stinkers but like who would you possibly cast to play Batman Troy Baker going forward because I've got one of four choices in mind. Um I think there's only one. It's it's got to be Troy Baker. Okay. Okay. Um he was not one of the four I was thinking, but that's not bad cuz he's he's definitely versatile and got the chops enough to do it. And he's and he he did a prequel version of Kevin Conroy's voice. He did it for the um uh Arkham Origins game. I thought he was the Joker in that. He, he is the Joker. Uh, I think he did Batman too. <laughs> Hold on, Damn. I'll tell you this right now. Hold on. Makes you think, huh? <laughs> Hold on. They're not so different. Oh, different two sides of the same coin. Jesus Christ! You two need to stop. Troy Baker did the Joker. Um, why would you not list Batman first? I can't even find the goddamn thing in the Wikipedia page. Fuck's sake. Oh my god. All right. Fine. Batman. Control F. Batman. <laughs> Where is I'm just going to go to the top and search Arkham Origins. Fuck. Roger Craig Smith did Batman uh, okay. Bruce Wayne. Okay. 
Roger anyway, Cranksmith. Roger Cranksmith. He's so if anybody doesn't know, Troy Baker is the what's his name? What's the what's the the protagonist? The main dude's protagonist name? Joel. In the Last of Us. Joel. Yeah, Joel. Yeah. Joel. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. So in my he's mind, done very uh, like a, a shit ton of other stuff too. Oh my god! It's, name a name a big video game in the last ten years. He's odds in, are he's in. he's taken part in it and um, like he. I'm just just looking real quick. He was Slimer in the Ghostbusters video game. He was um, Revolver Ocelot in MGS5. He, he was, was like 95% of the Transformers in War of Cybertron. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, in the ill-fated Avengers game. I know that. Yes. Uh, like he like uh, uh um, Tim Drake, Robin, Nightwing, and Two-Face in Arkham City. Uh yeah. If, if there is an animated series and or video game in the last 15 years odds are yeah. Troy Baker was involved in it and probably did one of your favorite characters. Did did Troy you know what's really shocking to me is I'm always like Troy Baker's voice in my head I'm always like oh Arthur Morgan and then it's like no, no. Roger Clark <laughs> <laughs> Roger Clark I, he had to be in Red Dead 2. Though, oh, I'm right? sure. Hold on. We'll see. Hold on. I'm 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 still on his page. Um God damn, really? I don't think. Wow. That was the one like AAA game that's come out in the last 10 years that he was not involved with. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I I don't think I don't see it. Doesn't seem to be involved really with anything Rockstar. Okay, maybe he just pissed them off or didn't like working with them or I I don't know, didn't make the original audition. But what I was going to say was so Based on the Warner Brothers animated movies in the last 10 years, I'd be perfectly fine with, actually, either Bruce Greenwood, uh, Ooh, Peter okay. Weller, or um, uh, Jensen Ackles. My boy Jensen Ackles did Batman, one of the last Batman movies, in, or one of the last animated movies, and he was fucking great. He nailed it. Like His voice is deep enough for that, yeah. To do oh, yeah, he, he can do that Batman. low gravelly shit like nobody's business. So Bruce Greenwood, has he done it? He did. He did it in Under the Red Hood, yeah. Um, which okay. is actually how Jensen Ackles got involved with that bunch because he did the voice of the Red Hood in that. Um, Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood. Um, <laughs> I I, yeah, I Bruce, don't. Bruce Greenwood was fucking was rad in that movie. Like, there's a part where Batman shoots like a fucking like tow cable, like one of his cables at fucking uh, the Red Hood, and the Red Hood like waits till the line goes taut and then slices it off. Nice. And and Bruce Greenwood, well, Batman is like, do you know a knife that could cut one of my lines? And like also, like there's a really cool moment where he's like, he he specifically waits till the line goes taut and then cuts it. Like that takes training. Like that movie is so fucking rad. I love that movie. It is good. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a very long time, but yeah. I haven't um I I, I would have a hard time looking past his voice, I think, because his voice is very recognizable. Um hmm. uh, okay. Hmm. Uh, Bruce Greenwood. Ah, uh, you might be surprised. It, he he does a really good job in that movie. Hmm. Um, okay, but but I, I, regardless, you know, I like I said, the the, the Warner Brothers animation has kind of gone downhill for me, and I'm gonna go ahead and gripe for a second because it pisses me off. But I, I could be wrong about this, but at some point in the last ten years, Jim Lee took over and kind of became the head of DC, like their mm. operations and whatnot. And I, when that happened, the Warner Brothers animation Batman went from looking the way, kind of like more reminiscent of like 
90s Batman like animated series to all of a sudden he looks exactly like Jim Lee's fucking Batman. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> like, what, yeah. like, are you that big of an egomaniac that the cartoons have to look like your fucking artwork? Your, your lifeless artwork. <laughs> um, but that's just a personal side. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. They're not going to find anybody as good as him, but I think there are some guys who could potentially do some good work still. So. Dude was a voice actor, too. Dude yeah. knew how to, like, being a voice actor is such a very specific talent to have that I think a lot of times when they just grab actors and go, it's, yeah. it's the same thing, only you're next to a microphone. Like, sometimes you can tell that voice acting and regular acting like stage or 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 you know like physical acting are two completely different things yeah but more to that point like something that something that uh uh you know and I'll, I'll let you say it to carlo but like what we we used to talk about how about how kevin conroy approached his bruce wayne versus his batman yeah like um yeah it's great it's so it's so phony and fake and and that's by design like it is like the guy who's having like the guy who's either having a depressive episode or having an anxiety attack pretending that everything is okay is the bruce wayne voice and it is so specifically tuned to try to fool people and then yeah it's whenever he's hanging out with alfred he's talking like batman even if he is in his you know yellow yellow shirt and black tie and brown suit like right whenever he is talking to anyone who knows he's batman he's talking like batman that's because that's the real man and that's that's what sets like i'm not wearing hockey pads (laughs) apart from kevin conroy like yeah yeah and two the other thing the other thing with that is like I was watching some animated series episodes recently because it was when they went to like HBO and I couldn't really find them for a while and I didn't have the DVDs. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh hell yeah. I'm going to watch some animated series. And there's also this thing where Batman again, it's when he's, he also has a little bit of a modulation between his Batman fighting a criminal voice and, you know, regular voice when he's like talking to alfred or talking to someone who knows he's batman he's still doing that batman voice but there's just like this layer of like despondency and just like sadness in his voice where he just seems exhausted Uh all the time the way he talks and he's a little more he's very cynical and 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 callous and like when he's batman and he's fighting criminals it's a lot more like forceful and and you know like i'm gonna scare you and stuff and then when he's just doing that regular batman voice to people who know who he is and to people who don't need to hear him put on his like bruce wayne performance it is just he just seems miserable (laughs) i'll tell you what my favorite thing my favorite thing of all is i always talk about it as one of my favorite things in the animated series performance wise is is the the two-face episode where harvey dent becomes two-face and he sees he finally sees when the lightning flashes he sees the scarred thing and he's like harvey no no." like and he's like not like oh my god harvey no or anything like that he's just like oh god 
damn it, I lost you, another one. Like you can hear the pain in his voice. Yeah, like, even as a little kid, that registered with me, and it was it oh yeah, it stuck with me. Yeah, that always stuck with me because it was something that I never experienced. Was Batman being like sad, like yeah, and like the whole reason he's doing this is because he is he's constantly trying to like save these like lost souls that are inevitably going to become villains sometimes because of him like yeah. right right oh man and the bat suit rocked hell yeah aesthetically that's 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 uh, just i shouldn't do it it's not fair but i hold everything up to that show and i shouldn't because that show is pretty much perfect <laughs> like um yeah that that i i've always wanted like a life-size animated series bat suit i i've uh, one day i'll pull the trigger probably when i'm old and too old to wear it but um but yeah just everything the bat suit the batmobile down to the fucking grappling hook that's the coolest most practical grappling version of the grapple gun um yeah i love that grappling hook um, here john look out the ch check out the chat real quick Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Fuck yeah. It is it is cool <laughs> as shit. I know. Oh. Well, maybe I'll buy myself an early Christmas present. Well, that's only 45 bucks, man. Like that's not bad. No. It's not bad at all. Cool. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, RIP Kevin Conroy, man. You'll be missed uh by anyone who is a true Batman fan out there. Um, thank you for your service for sure because nobody has done it like you and nobody ever will probably so Cheers. 30 years of playing the, the Dark Knight it's going to be hard to beat alright so I know when we were in our group text last night uh, I said that I was going to catch up on Andor um, I didn't <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did I not do that. Not. Yeah. Um, but if you guys want to talk about it, that's perfectly okay. I don't mind the the spoiler side. If if you guys want to get into it, this is the opportunity to do it. Foreman is still fighting in the Hunger Games, so until yeah. he comes back, it's like right. free reign on talking Star Wars. So, I I think we could probably stay mostly spoiler free. Um. I don't really At least care. Yeah, it's it is it's one it's of those shows where it's like when I was talking about why I love it so much, I found myself not really having to hold back from spoilers because that it, the nature of that show and why it is good, save for episode ten, which you know is proves how good it is based on the entirety of the plot and the story of episode ten. There is not a lot of spoilery stuff because thank god it isn't like dude Darth Maul shows up with fucking robot legs like it's like right. not that type of show it's not that type of show and, and so, so spoilers it's easy to talk about it without, without hitting spoilers because they're not making Twitter. Because they give a fuck about the characters, and that's the main point of it. Like it's it's There's a lot of character-driven aspects to it. Yes, yes, yes. There's not. It is. It doesn't seem like a show that was 
um, unfortunately, most of the Star Wars shows that were that it seems to me were written around or had scenes created specifically so then you would be on YouTube and see 800 thumbnails of people looking shocked. Right. The day after the episode drops. Right. Um, Andor doesn't give a shit about that. No. No. It basically gives two shit. Little finger to that whole culture in a way. <laughs> like 100%. And that's what I like about it is it, it, it is because going into it, hearing what I had heard about it, I'm like, is this going to be like another anti Star Wars thing where like I'm going to watch it and halfway through they're going to be like, you suck, audience, and I'm going to hate it? And it's like, no, it's just. It doesn't do that, and it doesn't call attention to itself doing that mm-hmm. because it's just 100% concerned with being a good TV show first and a Star Wars show second. Right. And then if there are references or nods, it is specifically there to do something thematically or because it has to serve the story and less about people are going to lose it when they see luke skywalker or people are gonna lose it when they see leia or any of that stuff you're gonna and that lose is it like when you see this deep fake like it's... you're right yeah and that is what's so obvious to me now watching it it's like i would scratch my head and be like why are they making a show about cassian andor right all people i don't care about this I, guy i will i will go out there and say that this was the one show that before it aired i was like I said the exact same thing. I was like, why would they make that? I have absolutely no fucking interest in watching it. I didn't give a shit about that character yeah. or Rogue One. But Which I... was the problem with Rogue One, by the way. Yeah. You didn't care about the characters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So by the end of it, oh, they're dead. They're dead. It's so sad. No, not really. It's, no one cares. It, it, almost, it makes me wonder if by the end of this series, because I think they're doing two seasons, if by the end of it, we're going to be more interested in Rogue One because you sort of understand the character better. Doubt it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I doubt it as well. But anyway, continue. I will say, by but the I way, think... I'm, I, I've gotten through, I think, episode four or five. Like, I'm the episode right before the heist. Oh, like, it just, it gets so oh. good. It goes, man. Yeah. Just, so it, I was just, it, I was letting several build up man. so that I could binge them. And then, because I, I, we have talked about this show on the podcast before, and I think I was the one who was sort of like, you need to watch this. <laughs> like, it's, it's not just, bad. Yeah. Honest to God, I was I was confrontational with it. I was like, all right, fine. When the first episode dropped, I'm like, fine, fuck it, I'll watch it. I put it on, and it's just fucking drenched in Blade Runner vibes. I'm like, yep. okay, yeah. if this is a marketing was... decision, I'll I'll keep going with it. But mm. And then it wasn't. I'm like, oh, man, this is so funny. And then just off, off, off to the races from there. Yeah. Here's the thing with me. A, again, it's like going into that show i'm like why are they making a show about cassian andor why am i gonna watch a show about this rando dude from a movie that i've seen maybe twice right like rando i don't care and in hindsight it's so smart in hindsight it is intentional because it is like you don't like this character you know nothing about this character but guess what other than what happens in rogue one he has no mythological ties to the to the massive web of mythology of Star Wars. So we don't need a Boba Fett coming in. We don't need an IG-88 that technically isn't an IG-88, but is an IG-88. Like, we don't need any of that stuff. Right. Because, like, we know nothing about this guy. And so they just do whatever they want. And, yeah, I'm with you, like, two seconds in. As soon as I heard the score and then that bar yeah, in that, like, first five minutes, I was like, yeah. 
oh, is this going to be like cyberpunk? And then the second episode, I was like, okay, I like this. I think this is interesting. It's expanding on... This is the other thing that I love about it. It's expanding on the world without just using, reusing the same shit and like repackaging it as another thing. Yeah. And like it answers that question. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it was just the other thing. The other thing that got me was like, wait, who are these blue shirt guys? Oh, holy shit, they're like Blackwater in space. Like the yeah. Empire arms out a corporate police force. They like because like, about the planet to like do it themselves. It's, it's right, and I'm it's like, lore this is building. What I see. It's lore yeah. building, but it's the best kind of lore building. It's not about the families or the stories you know. It's the background shit that that Precisely. gives depth so, to so these yeah. organizations. Two, two little things that, in my opinion, are both big and inconsequential one they imply that people actually fuck in the star wars universe which yes. yeah is is yes. a refreshing fucking very humanizing element that we that because lucas is a fucking uh you know incel robot he, he completely sucked sex out of the prequels except for the fact that children are born at the end of the which imagine this is it um and two you know, for years they've people have always made jokes about like, well, why is the Empire so bad? Like, what what do they do that's so bad? This show shows you the kind of shit they do. This this show yeah. expands on you know like why they're hated, why they're pieces of shit, why you know like and, 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 and like that's said, very superficial, but also just very refreshing and very yes, very good world world building. There there are two parts of that show in episode four and five respectively where I knew, okay. Aside from all this other stuff, aside from like having like characters that actually seem like they're going to have arcs or that actually have a purpose or whatever, there are two moments in that show that summed up why I was like, I'm so on board with this because they are building mythology out of stuff that we haven't seen and everything. One is because it's at the beginning of episode three or four, and it's not necessarily a spoiler, but Andor asks the character, like, Oh, oh, okay, you're one of these guys. What group do you belong to? Do you belong to the Separatist Front? Do you belong to the Guerrillas? Do you belong to the Rebel Alliance? And I was like, oh my God, of course. There would be more, th like, yeah. it's not like the Rebel Alliance, like it was one group of people that just said, enough yeah. is enough, and exactly. bought matching yeah. t-shirts and decided to be a group. Like, and it's of course there's going to be like 800 anti-fascist groups roaming around the galaxy that like don't know each other. Like, And again, it's the, that's the one of the pieces that Rogue One missed. They hinted at it. They hinted yeah. at it. They yeah. like with, with Saw Gerrera being involved and like, oh, he's an extremist. Yeah, and then yeah. you have the group of rebels who were like each one of them has their own like sort of little agenda and none of them can right build on yeah. that. Yeah. That's such an interesting era, like what what'd you say? Nothing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> what did you say? I said funny you mentioned Sagarera. Oh yeah, I know he's in it. Um <laughs> I, just from the casting list, I knew he, they actually announced that he was returning before the show came out. Save the dream. <laughs> well, that was but like that that's 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 shit that they missed. That's lore yeah. that they missed that they could have mm -hmm. built on that would have given us more to care about than what the movie actually did. That was that was the big first thing where I was like, okay, they know what they're doing. There was another part, and it was very very subtle. And again, this is not spoilers. It is in the fifth episode, and an imperial officer is talking to two other imperial, you know randos they're not stormtroopers they're you know whatever 
and and he's yelling at them about something. And he says, if you don't shape up or if I don't find out who did this or whatever, I am going to be reconsidering. What does he say? I'm going to be reconsidering the schedule for winter furloughs, basically saying, Mm, yes, I'm going to take away your Christmas vacation. And I and I texted one of my friends. I said, was this 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 the, the railing? When the, the painting of the railing. It was it was before that, but it's in that same episode, I think. Uh, yeah, he, I know, I know what you're talking about. And he literally just says, "I'm going to reconsider taking away your winter furloughs." And I texted one of our friends and I said, "If this was any other Star Wars show, he would have said, I'm going to reconsider the schedule for Life Day vacation.'" <laughs> yeah, they were going to find a way to work in some kind of Star Wars holiday, and so in this show, T-shirt, it was winter. Yeah, winter furlough. Yeah. Because they know that some of us are getting sick of having all of this random stuff shoved down our throats it's, when it comes oh. to Star Wars. And that's why I was like, I cannot believe that the people that wrote this show had the had the um the wherewithal <laughs> and the willpower to not say, I'm gonna reconsider the schedules for Life Day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy would have demanded it be called Life Day. Um, um now, yeah, just, it's yeah. I, well, I, I was just gonna say, just to just, now, you know, you, you mentioned the people that wrote the show, to Carlo, like Tony Gilroy. That's a name that meant nothing to me prior to this, but you seem to react to. Like, what what else has this man been involved with? Like, why was that like a, a, a so, point of interest? So interestingly enough, he was originally involved in Rogue One, and they, I, if I can remember correctly, they did not like his vision, and they kicked him off, and that's when they brought in What's-His-Face. Yes, so... Gareth Edwards, right? Right off the yeah. dick tip, I, I will tell you who, why I like Tony Gilroy. Yeah, there's definitely more. <laughs> he did all of the Bournes. He did the Bournes. Okay. Uh, well, all of the good Bournes, but all of the Bournes. <clears throat> he is... He he wrote and directed Michael Clayton. <laughs> he he produced Nightcrawler, which is like uh, such a great goddamn movie. He did a lot of work on House of Cards, and a lot of writers from House of Cards actually wrote on a good amount of them actually wrote on Andor. He's just like a good Hollywood dude that makes good stuff and understands like. You can make an action thing and also have it be smart, um, which is just like sorely missing in a lot of TV shows. Yeah, it's just an interesting choice. Like even even aside from the Rogue One thing, it's just an interesting choice to have someone like that to have like a guy like that like do. And I think he worked on Armageddon too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. What does yeah. adapt? Uh, yeah, what does an adaptation credit on a script mean? I've never seen that I, before. I don't know either. Um, yeah, I, don't, oh, I, I know J.J. Yeah. Abrams was involved with one of the drafts. Um, but funny enough, we were just talking about a couple episodes back about how you know in the '90s there was that thing where you would get Armageddon, you get Deep Impact, then you get Armageddon. Yeah. I don't know if this is true or not. Straight from Wikipedia, but according to Bruce Joel Rubin, writer of Deep Impact, a production a production president at Disney took notes on everything the writer said during lunch about his script and initiated Armageddon as a counterfilm at Disney. <laughs> so they, it was literally, <laughs> it was literally like they're doing that. We got to do it. Too. We got to we got to beat them to the punch. Anyway, um, well, and here's here's why I think that that's a true story. So Armageddon was ninety eight, right? And Deep Impact was was that was that also ninety eight? Did they did they come out same year? 
I think so. Yeah, I'm 98. So that is Michael Eisner era. era. Right, right. 100% something he would fucking green light. <laughs> 100%. That is a an Eisner. That's a 100%er. <laughs> <laughs> that's a trademark Eisner takeoff. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, Gilroy is a... Uh, just a really good especially for action action movies like just again he did the first three well actually technically the first four born movies because he did do the born legacy too and i i didn't particularly care for the born legacy it was okay but it wasn't my wasn't can, my cup of tea I, but can, okay so i i just want to throw this out there too while we're while we're still in this area of andor um i never thought after the prequels that I would ever find space politics interesting. Yes. And this show yes. made it interesting. Like, those moments with Mon Mothma and, and um, I can't, the, the guy from Coupling, the, I can't remember his character's name. Oh, Tay, yeah. Yeah, like, those moments Is are that the some husband? Of the, um, no, it's another guy that you'll from the meet s- later on in the series. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Who's and Chen- it is from the same an- planet, right? Yeah, and it's just another guy that's like, hey, when you were, like, talking about this, did you mean this? And they were like, no, it's, like, anti-imperial stuff. And they're like, oh, shit, you're one of those two, me too. Like, yeah. let's go talk in this empty room so we don't get murdered. Like, <sighs> yeah, great. Yeah. It's so fucking fascinating. It, it's so, like, oh, my God, it's and it's tense. And, like, I never thought I would give that big of a shit about Mon Mothma, but I do. And it, like... She was she's yeah. secretly in love with a woman, but she's married to this man because of fucking like, you know, tradition and all that other crap. And, and it's like, like, oh my god, she's so interesting. And and like part of her whole thing with with her is like which is which is not something that you would expect from this character. And again, this isn't a massive spoiler, but like she's a rich person who's living like this perfectly fine rich person life. Yeah. But her pockets are getting lined by the empire and she's starting to feel guilty about it. So that's why like she's wanting it. It's so good. Like it's so good. She could have been like, they could have given her this backstory where it's like, I, you know, like I secretly impersonated a Senator and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, when I grew up, I saw, and hopefully they won't do this, you know, but it's like, and again, I don't know a lot of the, lore that isn't officially canon now or whatever about Mon Mothma but it's like when is there going to be a flashback to her being like her seeing her parents executed by Imperials or or right. or her right. or her being personally affected yeah and it's just like she's just like I like I hate who I am and I hate that I'm like getting richer from this like this horrible political upheaval that's going on how can I fund something like that's the other thing too it's just like i'm gonna use my money yeah like, and, and like, now that i'm being watched my accounts are being watched i have to i have to do yeah. this very smart otherwise my ass is going to get carted <laughs> right. off like it's so it's, it's oh so god i never thought i would give a shit about that particular aspect of star wars ever again because it was just so fucking poorly handled in the prequels but yeah. this this is mainly oh. because george lucas didn't understand politics himself oh no i think george lucas I think he understands politics intimately. I just don't think he can write about it worth a damn. That's no, I don't. I don't think he understands um, the nuances of politics. I think he understands it at surface level. I don't yeah. think he understands the nuances and and what mm-hmm. makes politics interesting to people who are interested in politics. 
Well, that that boils down. That's in the writing arena. I, I I think that if you were to actually sit down with him and ask him questions about the intricacies of the American, you know, of our of our bicameral legislature, he could probably go on for you know at length. But I I just as far yeah, but as it's all boring. Across, that's the problem. That's the well. Again, I'm, the, the, you don't. Have he doesn't to be. understand what makes politics interesting to people who are interested yes. in politics. I'm agreeing with you, but that doesn't oh, okay. mean that he doesn't know what he's talking about. It didn't you seem like you were. It didn't seem like you were agreeing with me. No, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm. But what I'm saying is, it doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's talking about. It just means that he's bad at communicating it and making it interesting well, to others. I said well, he doesn't understand politics and what makes <laughs> politics interesting to people who are interested in politics. Okay, well, that's I what I don't think he understands. Part. I don't. I see he's too shrewd of a businessman, Jeff. You're 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 not giving him enough credit there, I don't think. Dude understands business intricately, so politics is part and parcel to that, and you have to understand it in order to get the most out of your business. I, I don't agree with that at all. I will agree with you that he can't write about it worth a damn because he's a shitty writer. But anyway. Well, um, and two, it's always just it's just so with the way it was in the prequels, it was just so like here are the good guys, here are the bad guys. Yeah. Talking head. Yeah, like good here's guys, an exposition yeah. dump. Like good guys are, you know, good guys are doing this because they're good guys. Bad guys are doing this because they're bad guys. Right, right. And and that's what I love about this show is like there are like the other thing I love about this show is that like th the way that the the way that the Imperials talk about the like these rebel groups and and the the corporate police talk about these the rebel groups. It's like. You hear a lot, like about, like, um, you know, like we we've seen a lot of the stuff where the Imperials are like these terrorist scum, like blah blah blah. But like this show right. is like actually like, oh yeah, they are terrorists, right? <laughs> like, yeah. One of the characters in 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 the fifth episode literally runs around with a space AK forty seven, and I do not believe that is accidental. Like the like they paint rebel like a lot of these people in rebel groups as terrorists, like. Not just the Imperial saying it, but like you're like, yeah, they are doing like terroristic things. The early like, days of the movement, they're not would, just they would protesting. Yeah. yeah, like they're not just going like, hey, everybody, stop doing this thing, or like even secretly like surreptitiously doing things. Like they are actively like murdering people. Well, like they, like they, they hint at it and killing people. They hint yeah. at it in Rogue One. Yeah, they were that close to yeah, making it exactly. interesting. And I'm willing to bet that since this Tony Gilbert guy was involved in Rogue One, those were probably his elements that he that was mm. there from the get go. They just didn't yeah. do it right. But, it's a good point. Um, but uh, but but yeah, it's I I love that aspect of it too, where it's you know everybody wants to paint the rebels as you know they're they're heroes, but what what that actually means is that you're gonna have to make some really fucking hard choices and probably actively kill your own for the good of the cause. You know what I mean? Like and or and let your also, own die for the good of the cause. And also, too, the other thing I love about it, which is very real, which is very realistic without being, like, not, like, you know, like, fantasy at the same time. Like, it's, like, a lot of these people are doing it for selfish reasons. Yeah. Like, or, or their own, like, back to what you were saying about Rogue One, or, like, for their own reasons. It's not like every rebel on the show is, like, I don't like the empire because because of you know the fact that they're like fascists and racist and stuff. It's like here's why I don't like the empire, and and it could be a completely surface level thing. It could be like the empire put my dad out of business, and now I want to kill him. Right. Like it's not like 
not everyone is just like the empire is space fascists and yeah. fascism is bad. Like all kinds of characters have completely separate motivations. Yeah. Some completely selfishly, which is what it's like in real life. Like yeah. you don't get involved in these revolutionary mo movements until you are personally affected by them. Yeah. So and once you are personally affected by them, that's when you were like, that's when you launch into action. Credit where it's due. They touched on that in Obi-Wan too. Um, with the one pilot who is like pilot, you know, trying to get away from the Empire, and they're, you know, he's like the little cell organizer. Um, they sort of get into that conversation with Obi Wan. He's like, you know, I, I don't care, you know, what everybody else is doing here. I'm doing this because, you know, X Y Z. They they start to get into the fact that like everybody sort of has their own motivation. But I'm I'm yeah, the fact that they're sort of embellishing on that is 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 even nicer. And I will say. Um, I don't know if this is just because of Filoni and Favreau's leadership or, or whatever, because it does seem like the last two pieces of Star Wars media that we've gotten have been better than the things that we've gotten in the last several years, aside from The Mandalorian. But um, you were talking about the terrorism piece and how people do terrible things, and they reference the, the clerk's line, too, in the second season of The Mandalorian. And aside from it being a cocky reference to clerks and giving Kevin Smith a little bit of gratification, again, it's building on that idea like this group was so dedicated to their cause that they killed millions twice. Twice. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And it's like that's that's <laughs> what's their grand plan? Just to build a gigantic gun in space yeah um twice they're gonna do it no they did it well if you want to include star killer that's yeah three. technically three um, uh but just i i don't want to you know the show's not over yet i'm super excited to see where it goes i'll probably stay up tonight and watch the new episode um when it drops but i will say this i just want to mention briefly that like God damn, is that prison sequence so fucking compelling? Like, just the time that Andor, like, I was like, oh no, here we go. Now he's in a prison. Like, but it was just so, like, I don't even know how to exp explain it. Like, it, oh, God damn it. Yeah, they, they build it up so well that by the time that the fucking, you know, the riot happened, no spoilers, they get out. <laughs> your, your main character doesn't end up staying in prison for the rest of the show. Right, spoiler. Jeff. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you didn't know you that he was going to, he doesn't he end up going to do Rogue One at some point. Exactly, he just stays in right. the prison the whole right. time. Well, <laughs> I didn't even know if Jeff so... knew that there was a prison break. Did um, well, oh well, I, it's fine. Seriously, it's fine. <laughs> well, I'm, it's not like I'm not gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. So, it the he... way it's done, Jeff, it's worth watching anyway. Even yeah, though well, I, I intend to, I just like I said, I was and... building up episodes, and now I just ran out. I ran out. But I love Andy Circus. I just want to gush because he's awesome. Well, and to Molina, to your point about how like it's like hard to describe why it's good. That's what makes that show so good because whenever you were like, whenever someone would talk about an awesome part of another Star Wars show or property, it's like, oh my god, that eighth episode rules. And you're like, really? It's like, yeah, when when blah 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 pulled out that like three bladed lightsaber and blah blah blah, or like that part where the X wing is riding on top of the Millennium Falcon, and this one is like <laughs> the speech that a guy gave into a microphone is yeah. like the most compelling thing, like on a Star Wars Star show Wars. that I've seen. Yeah, and it's exactly. a guy talking yeah. into a microphone. 
like and it's just like or like the idea that like this uh, again like you could almost make a self-contained movie out of just that those two episodes i'm just saying and again here's the thing here's the thing i love about the whole prison thing it is never unless i missed it it is neverly it is never specifically um said that all of these people are wrongfully imprisoned and that means that is just so kick-ass to me because it would be so easy to them to be like everyone in this prison we're all good guys that were wrongfully imprisoned it's like no probably some of them are like murderers some of them are probably like bad dudes a lot of them are probably wrongfully imprisoned yeah, like like a lot of them are probably wrongfully imprisoned, but it is never explicitly stated that all of them are wrongfully imprisoned. And to see a show where they don't explicitly tell you to root for prisoners because they're all good guys and they're telling you to root for prisoners, I was shocked. Yeah. That that they got away with that on a Disney show about Star Wars. Yeah. To be one of the most anti i posted about it on facebook i was like i can't believe that one of the most anti prison industrial complex things i've seen recently is on a star wars show on disney plus like (laughs) it's just yeah and it's just like i don't know it's it's really good in it and you're right it defies being able to explain why it's good because it is not any one thing it's not any one you know, this character from lore shows up and comes to a, like, no, like you just, it's, it's impossible to talk about it in the way that you're used to talking about Star Wars, like in a way, like you're used to talking about Star Wars in terms of like other characters showing up or surprise plot twists with something that happened in this movie or this other TV show. And with Andor, it's like, no, it's extremely compelling because it's a good script, like, and it's being told well and directed well and acted well. well like, I mean, yeah. not for nothing, that's what blows Dick about the second season of The Mandalorian is that I felt like mm-hmm. they had something really nice going with just not being involved necessarily in Star Wars, but being involved in Star Wars. It was like on, was their... on the fringe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that was their, like, mission statement. And what did they do? in that second season. <laughs> hey, look, it's Luke Skywalker, guys. You remember Luke Skywalker? Um, He's a computer man. Not even going to lie. It would have been so much cooler if it actually would have been Plukoon. Like, <laughs> so much cooler if it would have been Plukoon. Can, so, so, um, like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy, and I, I tossed this into our group text this week because on the one hand, this tells me that that Disney is hearing how much people are enjoying this show and how much it's resonating, but like they're putting it on ABC, Fox, Freeform, and Hulu now. Mm-hmm. Like it, coming up uh, towards the end of uh, end of November here, and that hasn't happened thus far with everything. Like everything's yeah. been in house Disney. Like you either have Disney Plus or fuck you. Um, I will say one of the dumber complaints. I just want to gripe here for. There's a an easy answer for that too. If you want to get into. The oh, Disney politics. Just, well, I'll, I'll explain it when you're done. Go ahead. Finish your thought. R- regardless, um, one of the gripes that I have is that I've seen online where people have, honest to God, more than a handful of people I've seen complain about the lack of alien creatures in Andor. Yeah, that doesn't. It's like bother me as much. Okay, 
couple things on that. One, you stopped having people on staff in movie houses that are actually good at doing prosthetics. Mm -hmm. So all of the sequel trilogy prosthetics look like shit to me. Most of them are garbage. And the ones that are like integrated CGI and practical look terrible too. Like, so that kind of took me out of any uh, of a lot of the, the sequel trilogy, but also I'm totally fine with just human drama in star Wars. I love it. Like, and, Let's let's have more we can relate to, because the rest of the, what we've had thus far from the Disney fucking takeover has been mostly shit with some good parts here. And there. Also, it also it feels like it's getting at in this because here's here's something I want to talk about and and I'm just gonna say it and I don't know how I'm gonna sound but it's weird to me. It's not bad and I understand that you need that you can't just hire a specific type of actor. Yeah. to be in a show. But it was interesting to me when in this newer Star Wars stuff, you started to see more Imperial officers of color. And I and I took pause because I was like, well, the Imperials are like space Nazis. Like, right, yes. like I thought it was a point to make them all white. White with a British accent. Because right. you only want, yeah, you only want white people to be in your show or your movie. It's because, like, they're Nazis in space. Right, right. So so I was like, okay, this is interesting, and I understand why you do it now, obviously, because you're not going to cut out an entire group of people, you know, some of whom may be great actors and right for the role just because of because they're not white Nazis. Right. And then I think it's interesting to see that in, in, in Andor simultaneously without seeing, like, all these alien species, because I'm like, oh, are the Imperials, like, specious? Like are well, they like, and that's how I always took them. By the way, I like they're going after like alien races. Yeah. Like you know, like it's being posited as like we like we're like alien races, and you get into that with episode four and episode five of Andor, where they talk more about like the natives of the planet that they're on. But like it's like, oh, I see, I see what's going on now. It's less about humans, you know, like yeah. And they're like cleaning up on like these like four legged people and stuff like that, like which which ties into the the more expanded universe side with the Wookies, like you know the Republic was allied with Kashyyyk because they were a good ally. When the Empire took over, it was fuck the Wookies, let's enslave them because they would be good to work, have them work for us. So it's that same sort of concept. Like that's how I've always taken it. By the way, is that it it wasn't necessarily about skin color because you would you may have several different skin colors from um, yeah. a singular planet it was a species thing which is species why you thing. never saw and that's by the way that's what makes um uh fucking what's his face uh thrawn so interesting that he's basically mm. the sole alien in the I never I never would have thought of it like that. That makes perfect. He's sense. that much of a fucking. That's genius. how good he was. I mean, the, never, that's one of the theories out there now is that it's been established in canon now in several novels that Thrawn fought with Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars, um, and he was smart enough to realize that when Anakin disappeared, Vader appeared. So it's most definite that he knows that. Vader is Anakin Skywalker and chooses to keep it to himself because he knows Vader is more powerful being ambiguous. 
Thrawn is is such a fucking fascinating character. Yeah, I, I, that's the one. That's the one thing I'm looking forward to in the Ahsoka series and beyond with the, with the next season of the Mandalorian because I'm assuming that's kind of like their Thanos character, right? Is that it, it's all leading to Thrawn? Um, because I, I want to see how they how they portray him as a as a as a character separated from what I already know he is in the non-canon legend stuff. So I love Thrawn in Rebels and I love he's Thrawn's great. fucking I love his yeah. like organ theme music that he has. It's so yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, they've um they did really they they did the character justice for someone that had never been in a Star Wars show movie anything before. Rebels oh, yeah. really fleshed him out and and gave him a space forever. Again, Dave Filoni, man. Yep. Um yep. So uh, we're we're in an hour and sixteen minutes. Um, I we, we got I think some we've good stuff about Andor enough. Yeah, go watch it. Go fucking watch it. Watch Andor. it. It's yeah, because like the, not for nothing, John. Just for, just so we're clear, um, Disney spent a lot of fucking money on that Disney Star Cruiser, a lot of money, oh. and um, it's tanking. It's at twenty five percent capacity. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it sucks. Because people, no, it's it's not that it sucks. I'm sure that it's I'm sure that it's <laughs> wonderful. I'm sure that it's an experience that's, the one that's we talked about a while back. But that was like th- four thousand dollars for a once in a lifetime. Room, I'm right? sure that it's once in a lifetime. But that's the problem with it. <laughs> people want to do it one time, and then you've experienced it. You've done it. Why would you want to do it again? Jeff wants free tickets. Disney. That's he's a no. I don't. I'm not interested in going. <laughs> that just wholeheartedly. That's not something I'm interested in. Um, I would rather stay in. I would rather go and have the freedom to do Disney the way I want to do Disney and stay in a Star Wars themed hotel, not go on a fake space cruise. And that's again, where Disney fucked up. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to live a Star Wars adventure. I'm perfectly fine living it from my couch and watching other people live it. That's what Star Wars sucks. It's a fucking war. Like it sucks. I want to watch other people. Would not be as cool as watching it. Yeah. But but I I I wouldn't mind going and being immersed in that concept and and living in that little like bubble, like going and visiting Galaxy's Edge and seeing that area is really cool. Doing that for a hotel would be would be really cool too. But I can't leave. I can't go to the Magic Kingdom. You know, I can't go to Epcot. I can't I I can't go ride Tower of Terror. I can't go shopping. I'm stuck on a fake boat. That's not appealing to me. It's not appealing to a lot of people, obviously. I'm stuck on a fake boat. Rum hand. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why I guarantee that's why they need to get, they need to get this in front of people. So people get involved with star Wars and want to go and stay in this $4,000 a night. Cluster fuck of a, an experience that you're literally only going to do one time. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, let's um, let's go. Ahead. Let's let's uh, let's let's wrap it up. Um, before we get into final thoughts, I will let you guys know just because this is going to be funny to see how you react. <laughs> um, it is uh, for for those listening, just for context, it is the fifteenth. We are recording this on the fifteenth of November. Uh, it is 9.36 p.m. Eastern Time, and Donald Trump is running for president in 2024. Monsoor, what do you have for us oh, this evening? Oh, God in heaven. 
I've been listening to the announcement out of the one out of my one <laughs> because Asher's uh, Asher's news network is covering it. Um, wow, you know, <laughs> final thoughts. Um, I final thoughts. I think it is a grave mistake and a terrible miscalculation that Candace Cameron Burr has officially left the Hallmark Channel to start doing Christmas movies for the GAC Network. <laughs> mm. What? That's my final thought. Oh. Hmm. She didn't think they were religious enough? She... That is 100% the reason because Hallmark the Channel reason started to leave, right? more Hallmark <laughs> Channel, who is who is who I've seen as fairly conservative in my time watching movies, <laughs> ran a commercial with a same sex couple on it last year. And like, I think there was like a random same sex couple that showed up for like 5.5 seconds in one of their movies last year. And Candace Cameron left and said she wanted to work for a channel that has true Christian values at the forefront of their Christmas movies. Foreman finished second in the Hunger Games, so doesn't that technically mean he's dead? No, they didn't. Didn't Peter finish second? Peter, it's been a while since I've seen those movies. I'm just saying he had a commanding lead. So, <sighs> just imagine doing all that work just to fucking lose. You know? Fuck. <laughs> uh, Malinuk, what do you have, man? Anything you want to add to the? greater good um what is 15 actors four settings two writers and one plot i'm asking what broadway show i don't know i'll ask again what is 15 actors four settings two writers and one plot 646 Hallmark movies. Um, nah. Anyway, uh, we're at 100 seconds to midnight, according to the Atomic Doomsday Clock. Just think about that for the rest of the week. That's that's what I'll leave you with. And what I will lead you with is that about every three weeks, Molina comes at us with a question about how close we are to the apocalypse. And don't let 100 seconds to midnight scare you it's it's fine it's fine everything's it's all symbolic fine. bullshit it's all it's it's fine everything's fine we're good here okay we're good we're all we're good. fine the watchman happened at two minutes to midnight right we're fucking way past so. that so, we're fine yeah yeah we're a minute 40 to midnight yeah, yeah we're putting that shit to shame we're good we're good everybody's still here we're still we're all still breathing you know it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine until it's not all right. Well, what a fucking ending, huh? <laughs> it snowed today. There's the first snow of the fucking year for in, in hey, our house. Uh, season starts now. Was was on uh was on Twitter during while we were talking and uh the uh NOAA office for Pittsburgh uh well, not NOAA, the uh National Weather Service office for Pittsburgh said that this is the most snowfall we've had. Um See, average snow. So our average first one inch of snowfall 
is typically by December 4th. Uh, we have only ever had an inch of snow uh, snowfall this early four times since 2000 in, in Pittsburgh. So this is one of the earliest snowfalls we've ever had. And it was stupid. It was insane. It was so nice. And I did not put up my Christmas lights this weekend because we had a hurricane. So fun, <laughs> fun fact. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Uh, hope you enjoyed yourself over this uh, hour and 23 minutes of us yelling about Batman and Star Wars that's, <laughs> and hot sauce. That's really oh, what we, been... that's what we talked about this week. I said, I said, I said to Asher before I started recording, I said, I got to go do my podcast where I go, some movies are good and some movies are bad. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more bad than good. Uh yeah, that's it. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week if we can. I think we we should be good to record before Thanksgiving. So yeah. you'll have a nice Black Friday surprise next week and uh, oh, yeah, three day week for me, baby. Or three three. Yes, days. me also. Nice. Yes, yes. And we have Monday after three day week. We live in Pennsylvania where people hunt, and it's like literally oh, that's a holiday. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rose and I were just talking about how how awkward it is to explain to people outside this area <laughs> that you had the first day of hunting season off because yes. yeah. the school district gave up long ago trying to have class on days when most kids are going to be out to work with their parents anyway. But yep, right. Yep, and it lives on today. So, yep. all right, everybody, enjoy, that. enjoy it. Yes, and uh, well, this is Friday. You'll hear us next week, and then yeah, that's it. All right, bye, bye, bye.